Welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm Goshen News Sports Editor Greg Keim, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. Austin, we're back again. They called us back again for another week. I know, and we're still doing social distancing, but we're in different like seats in the studio, so it's very confusing. It's like throwing me off. Like, yeah. The feng shui of the whole setup. If, if we sound different this week, I'm just going to blame that. So, you know, <laughs> she lives to my left and not my right. It's just confusing. It, it is very confusing, so, yes. A lot more work to see her facial reactions. So, you know. Uh, yeah, but we had a somewhat busy week, Greg. Uh, I think for the first time since the boys sectional, bas- boys basketball sectional, a live sporting event was covered by one of us. Yes, that, Monday uh, in Fort Wayne, the Indiana Golf Association has been putting on these tournaments designed to honor and let kids like seniors play with their teammates for like the final, for one time at least in 2020. And one of the events was over in Fort Wayne at Brookwood Golf Course, Golf Club, excuse me, they they might get mad at that, Um, all the way in Fort Wayne near the airport. And Northwood had two teams play there, a, a varsity and a JV team basically. Uh, for like all intents and purposes, they were called Northwood One and Northwood Two. So, uh, and you know what? I it was it was weird. I almost forgot how to use a camera. I think uh, <laughs> it was uh, interesting to you know be out in the sun all day and shooting pictures of golfing and uh, yeah, it was fun. They, they didn't play overly well, which I don't think they thought they were going to advance. As anyway, this was like a regional qualifier and you could advance to like the state championship air quote state championship this week at Purdue mm-hmm. so but uh you know for one day they all seemed happy and you know they were excited Cooper Weens uh who was a sophomore basketball player who lost his season also plays golf he was like I hadn't felt you know I got a little bit of butterflies he said like on the first tee he's like I hadn't, I hadn't felt that in a while you know it felt good you know sure. I just hadn't felt that in a while so that was really cool it was a um a fun event, you know, low stress, you know, no one was taking it too seriously, it seemed like, and kids just played golf, had fun, and uh, it was a good time. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was yeah. a great way to get out of the office for a couple hours. So. I mean, golf has been one of the few sports that's still being played because, it, you know, most places the golf course has been open during this pandemic. Right. They haven't closed them down. You just have to make sure you maintain social distance and mm-hmm. one person to a cart if you're riding and things right. of that nature. But yeah. And there were certain rules yesterday, like no pulling out the flag sticks, so that no one's touching the sticks. Uh, there were no rakes uh, in the sand pits, so wherever it landed, you could like kind of like make it a good lie, basically, in the sand. You didn't have to worry about... You could use your hands, apparently. They said you could, like, smooth out the sand. They didn't want people touching the rakes, you know, and raking the sand. Uh, And, like, they had, like, the little, like, foam pieces in the hole, so that way the ball didn't... It went in, but barely, so you didn't have to reach in and touch the black stick, like, down there, too. So, Mm. uh, you know, watching it, it it looked like normal golf. I mean, I didn't notice anything, you know, out of the ordinary, so... Uh, it was cool, you know. It was a, uh, like I said, it was a nice day and great weather yesterday. It was 85 and sunny, uh, perfect weather to golf, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was, like I said, it was cool to cover something <laughs> for the first time <laughs> yeah. in forever. It, it and was... uh, we might get another type of event to cover on Sunday too. Uh, racing fans might be returning to the new Paris Speedway on Sunday. Right, they're planning on holding an event at one o'clock Sunday. 
50% capacity, social distancing protocols, all that stuff. But uh, they are planning, I think it's called the Night of Destruction, uh, which will be happening during, which is during the day. So that's kind of a contradictory thing. But I think, you know, the event's uh, usually called the Night of Destruction. It's, it's nighttime somewhere. It is, yes. That's You're technically not wrong. So, uh, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, what that will look like. Um, I've been down to the Speedway before, had an adventure there last year. We don't need to go into it, though. And uh, I'm excited to go back and see the place again. So, and hopefully I don't uh, lock my keys in my car. So, that'd be great. So. That, that was the adventure he was talking about, folks, <laughs> is locking his keys in his cars. And he had so much fun doing it the first time, he did it a second time while he was there. <laughs> yeah, it happened. We lived it. Um, my folks were thrilled that I called the insurance company twice in three hours. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great night. Great night. But, I mean, I am excited. I, I did like being down there the one, other than my keys issues. Like, so I, I had a fun time down there last year. I'm excited to go see what it looks like again this year. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's time. South Bend, I think, started last weekend racing. Mm-hmm. Plymouth has already started. So but this is the first, I think, test with fans. I think some places are maybe doing fans. I think some places, some, but this is, I think, New Paris's first. Yeah, this will be New Paris's yeah. first with fans. So yeah. they've been they've been doing racing the last couple of weeks, but they are actually going to have fans there now for the first time. Uh, you know, since last season ended. Yeah. So I, I, I it will be interesting to see. Like, will masks be required? You know, like so obviously you're outside, so like. In theory, like wearing a mask shouldn't be as important, but also, you know, they might have to wear them. You might have to wear them to get in. You know, who knows? But it's going to be interesting to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So that'll be fun on Sunday, well, Sunday afternoon. So, and uh, my big thing for last week is I got a chance to talk to Bronson Yoder, Northwood High School graduate who's played mm-hmm. football down at William and Mary University in Williamsburg, Virginia. He's killing it too. He had, yes. He had such a great season last year. He was actually a freshman All-American on a couple of the teams, and he's been named a preseason All-American for this football season. That's pretty, you know, like, that's pretty awesome because, like, I mean, obviously you and I saw him play in his senior season. I saw his senior season. You obviously yeah. saw him more than his senior season. Uh, just a fantastic player for them, playing quarterback slash running back slash defensive back. Slash punt returner, slash kick returner. <laughs> he did everything, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, by the end of last season, he was doing it all. I mean, he started out basically last year as a kick returner. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the best part of his game. I mean, he returned uh, 12 games. He returned 34 kickoffs for 913 yards or an average of 26.9 yards per return. Mm-hmm. His uh, yardage totals of 913 set a William Mary school record. Mm-hmm. And he was also ranked him second nationally among all kick returners. And he had two return touchdowns, yeah. which is awesome. And I think he had a rushing touchdown later in the season. Like, they started using him more at running He back. actually scored six touchdowns last year, oh. four rushing and two uh, returns. I forgot, because I know midway through the season they moved him to running back. It was pretty impressive. They did. Uh, and he, he actually ended up with 64 carries for 375 yards. He caught five passes for another 23 yards. And he completed two passes for 12 yards. It's what he basically did at Northwood, man. They used him like he they used him at Northwood, and he 
yeah. was able to produce some decent numbers there. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at as a freshman. In no, high I mean, he had over 13, I think he had 1,347 all-purpose yards mm-hmm. as a freshman, which is pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I didn't talk to him personally. I sent this guy an email, and he, he responded to my email here. His name is Bo Ravel. Mm-hmm. He's been at William Murray for five years. This year is now moving to special teams coordinator, so he'll be working more closely with Bronson. But he's actually the coach that recruited Bronson to go to William and Mary. Yeah. And so one of the things he said about Bronson, he says he's an amazing young man and athlete. And for him to come to William and Mary and have such immediate success speaks to how great an athlete and person he is. Mm-hmm. He says he has great strength not only off on the field, but off the field as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and we all saw that here i mean there was no denying his talents i mean the game that sticks out to me the most that i remember from his senior season was the sectional semifinal against east noble where he had a a kick return where it looked like he was tackled at the 20 yard line you know and they were going to be stuffed you know kind of back there and all of a sudden he squirts out of the pile and goes 80 more yards for the touchdown it was just unbelievable like the guy could not be tackled he was averaging 10 yards a clip you know running and Throwing and every, I mean, he was just an unbelievable talent, and it was always just a matter of like, he's if he was just six foot one or six two, you know what I mean? Like it was always a height thing. It felt like where that's maybe held him back a little bit in the recruiting. Where if he was yeah. a six one kid and not five nine, I know they list him at five eleven officially on the roster. I don't know if he's five eleven. Let's not. I, you know, I don't know if he is. But either. He's more like my height, and I'm five eight, five nine on a good day, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but he's a stud. I mean, he's a stud athlete. No one could tackle him. He was great defensive back, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they always talk about those elite athletes, and they have that ability to kick in that extra gear. Mm-hmm. Bronson is one of the few football players I've seen in this area, and I've been around here covering high school football for thirty some years now. He is one of those few guys that had that. I mean, there were several times last year, Goshen, when he put, when they played the Red Hawks, they had him tackled. Mm-hmm. They were closing in on him. And he just shifts into that second gear, and he's gone. Yeah. You know, it was like a man running against boys almost. Yeah, he he honestly was. He did that basically against everybody he played against his senior year uh, and junior year, too. So, uh, you know, there was no, you know, no surprise that he was, you know, a Mr. Uh, Indiana football finalist. Football candidate. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he he was technically, if you want to go by that, Metric, he was the fourth best player in Indiana his senior year. So, right. I mean, it's pretty incredible to think about. Yeah. So, and uh, if Northwood even go, go makes a deeper run as a team that year, maybe they he gets even higher, more votes. So, yeah, but one of the things he told me, and this really hit me, is I was asking about the difference between the high school game and the college game. And of course, whenever he asks that question, you always get, well, the speed of the game, right? The size of the athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, the skill level of the athletes, because basically there you're going up against every high school's best player right? in college. The other thing he said, though, is he said, I found out it's a job. <laughs> yeah. He said, we we spend eight hours a day in practice meetings and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And he said, then you have to do work on your own on top of that. Plus schoolwork. Plus, plus keep up your schoolwork, mm-hmm. yes. Because he said uh, he and his roommates spent a lot of time on their own watching film, reviewing game tapes and things like that. And one, he said one of the coaches told him, he said, you either love this or you like it. And he <laughs> said the difference between the two is if you like it, 
you're doing the bare minimum just to get by. Mm-hmm. He said, if you love it, he said, you're doing whatever it takes to get on that field. Yeah. And he said, the people that are playing on the field on Saturday afternoons are the people that are doing everything they can. They're the ones that love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you see it with the athletes all the time. You know, these guys are going through crazy schedules and, you know, it's it's kind of one of the main arguments for why people think athletes should be paid in college just because they are basically working a full-time job and they're making money for the university and you know right. not seeing any of it so that's kind of like the main argument of of that and i know mm-hmm. that that is potentially becoming more of a thing that could happen in ncaa where the athletes could be paid um so yeah i mean if bronson wants to go before the ncaa and make the case i mean he got it right there he's so got it right there he's got yeah. it right there so and yeah. uh william mary if there is a college football season this fall which mm-hmm. is still up in the air about that still be determined they're actually scheduled to open the season on saturday september the 5th at stanford out in palo alto california that's a little bit of a flight from uh from virginia to go all the way out to palo alto yes uh but you know and we were talking about this on the day after they you talked to him just more about how like you know they want to go out there like yes william and mary is playing stanford and on paper this should be a stanford win but like William and Mary, they want to go out there and compete. You know, they're going to go out there and give Stanford all they can. And they do. Yeah. Stanford last year, you know, they were an all right team, a lot of injuries, so they're going to have a lot of guys coming back. So Stanford could be a little bit more formidable, but it would be, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. So and, and one of the another thing I found interesting in Bronson is he's a Stanford fan. Yeah. He said, you know, he said I didn't have the ability to go there, but he said if I could have went to college anywhere. He said, I love it at Mil- William and Mary, but he said, if I could have went anywhere, it would have been to Stanford. Why do you say that? Because he, he loves the sc- he just loves the school. He said he's loved it ever since uh, Christian McCaffrey played there. Man, Christian dude. McCaffrey is his <laughs> favorite football player. I, okay, that makes, me, that makes me feel old, okay? He's not that long ago. McCaffrey folks, played there. hard to do at his age. <laughs> McCaffrey played there five years ago. He did, he's not that old. I... You know, for me, it would be like uh, Toby Gerhardt or Andrew Luck. Like, those are the guys from my childhood that were like the guys who were the big Stanford players at the time. And t- t- Christian McCaffrey, okay. <laughs> and, and folks, to, sh- to show my age, the first big Stanford football player I remember was Jim Plunkett. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then John Elway, right? And that goes yeah. back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plunkett was way before Plunkett Elway. was the number one overall pick in 1971. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just looking that up. Yesterday, today, something. It was like weird. Anyway, Jim Plunkett made the podcast. Sheila, remember that for our quiz at the end? Yes. 1971 NFL Draft. Jim Plunkett, number one. So, And I can see kind of a connection between McCaffrey and Yoder. Because They're very similar. McCaffrey set an NCAA record for all-purpose yards his senior season. He had 3,864 yards. Mm-hmm. Broke the record of Sheila. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, when he was come in Oklahoma on. State. Yeah, and you know Bronson is very similar in size to McCaffrey. You know McCaffrey's not one of the bigger running backs right. by any means, so he is very similar in that sense. So, uh, you know, we we hit on a little bit of college football is going to happen, and uh, we might, you know, schools are putting out their plans, and, and Notre Dame put out theirs kind of on Thursday. Uh, told a couple different media organizations their tentative plans. To bring back athletes, specifically the football team, to campus starting this week. Uh, I think they were going to start Monday and bring them in Tuesday as well. 
They're going to keep them at the Morris Inn hos- or the hospital, <laughs> a hotel, excuse me, a hotel on the campus, not a hospital. Um, and they're doing a 10-day quarantine period. And if everything goes according to plan and no one tests positive for COVID, they're going to test everybody, of course. Yeah. Uh, they will start doing workouts on June 22nd in three different phases. So the first phase will be groups of 10 or smaller doing workouts together. And then if all goes to well, that number will go up to 50 athletes. And, and then if everything goes well in that phase, then we'll be full steam ahead for the season, everyone going back to normal. There has not been a set date, dates or timeline in terms of like how long they have to spend in each phase. The general guideline, and we'll hit on this later with the IHSCA announcement, is like it looks like each phase goes about two or three weeks. And you've seen that with the reopening of states too, like two, three weeks. Let's kind of see where we're at. Yeah. And if we can go on, let's go on. So my initial reaction to this was, okay, you know, for a while there, we had targeted July as maybe like our return to practicing and things like that. And then the NCAA said you could start voluntary workouts in June, on June 1st. So my thinking here is they want to bring everyone back in now, like right now, and let's pretty much test everybody. So that way we know who has COVID and who doesn't. And if someone has it, we can go through this quarantine period, hopefully get through this quarantine period, and then we can actually start practicing July 1st, which was what we wanted to do anyway. Mm -hmm. But if we bring everyone back July 1st, start testing, and they have COVID, that means we really won't start till August 1st. Right. So I think their plan, their thinking is let's kind of like test everybody now so that way everyone's healthy, hopefully, <laughs> by July 1st so we can actually start practicing like a team and getting – because that's the thing Brian Kelly talked about way back when this all started in March. He's like we need four weeks of a, like a, a summer workout plan to get in shape and then four weeks of like a training camp to basically get ready for, this, <clears throat> for the season. So yeah. And several schools last week found out – when they came back and tested their players that they had COVID. I mean, Alabama had five players test positive. Another school had seven. Arkansas State, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, I think that they almost, like, want to, that's why they want to bring them back now. So that way, okay, let's test positive. Let's get, let's treat them. Let's make them, make it, you know, get them not sick or, you know, get rid of the disease out of their body. And that way, by late June, ideally, everyone's healthy. Let's rock and roll. Let's let's move forward with our, you know, summer workouts and then hopefully training camp. So, yeah. so we'll see. You know, it's it's all contingent on the kids being smart too. Like, stay in your hotel rooms. Like, don't leave. Like, stay under the quarantine. Be safe. Wear masks when you're not practicing. Like, you know, it's there's a lot of variables going on here. So who knows if? <laughs> well, hopefully, it's just nice to have a plan. It's nice to like look at something. It's like okay, here we go. Like we have phases. Hopefully, if this all goes according to plan, we can play, you know, starting Labor Day weekend, which is what we want, just when the season starts anyway. Right. So, but it's, we'll see. Like you said, it's all contingent on how it goes because basically things change from day to day in this yeah. situation. And sometimes they change hour to hour. Yeah. I mean, and it has been for three months, basically, you know. So, it's, we're, we pretty much are on month three now, like fully of the virus. This was about, you know, March 13th was kind of when everything started going down, downhill mm-hmm. or, you know, so, yeah, uh, yeah we, <laughs> we are, 
should be interesting to monitor. Hopefully, you know, we get more clarification. I hope today uh, we were recording this podcast before we talked to Brian Kelly. The media gets to talk to Brian Kelly uh, uh, for a Zoom conference. So read the Goshen News, you know, online. Just see that story about Brian Kelly's plans for the for the world of Notre yes. Dame. So, And, you know, talking about plans, the Indiana Department of Education, re- I did not read this all, but they were they – re- uh, released a 38-page document Friday. You didn't want to read all 38, plans, no. 38 pages on a Friday morning? That's a heck... A usually, Friday afternoon. Usually they do... Right. They usually do the Friday at 5 p.m. news dump. This is pretty yeah. much what that was. Yeah. That's fantastic on their, their part. Their plan is, is a little bit more detailed than what you talked about. I mean, they, they have a three-phase plan. Mm-hmm. The first one is... The first phase is from July 6th to July 19th. Mm-hmm. And student-athletes are supposed to be limited to 15 hours of work on campus during in a week. Mm-hmm. Right. It's part of that. And the athletics, like this is part of their athletics plan to get back going. And, right. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that, first off, they mentioned to mention that all they're all voluntary. You know, this is not, you don't have to be working out on campus. It's, you know, if you don't feel safe, you don't have to go out and work out or train, whatever. But... Uh, and all students will be and staff will be screened for COVID. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that means they're going to have to get their temperature taken before they enter the building. Uh, no locker room usage, no uh, free weight lifting, things like that. It's like all pretty much controlled, and uh, it's kind of similar. I think this is what like most people are thinking of like when they lay out these plans. They just actually announced a very detailed one, right, they which was nice. So like we actually know what the heck. This means, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. What, yeah. what were your takeaways, Greg? I guess they could actually, they could practice like two days a week and have conditioning mm-hmm. no more than four days a week. So, yeah. And my, so I was reading this and I, and phase one goes through uh, July uh, 20th, 19th. No, 19th. And then phase two is July 20th through the August 15th. And then phase three is August 15th. Like, hopefully, we're back to normal by then. Uh, I yeah, wonder. I wonder what that means. Like the only sport that I think that is interesting in this is uh, girls golf because they usually start their seasons like first day of August, you know, late July sometimes even. They're scheduled to start practice on Friday, August second, and their first day, according to the ICC calendar, first day for competition is that Monday, August fifth. Right. So are they going to be stuck with some restrictions or like? How do they? How do they factor? I'm wondering how they factor. One of the things I said it's in one of the phases. I think it was phase two. There was no athletic competition, with the oh, exception of girls' golf. Right there. I should have read the story in more detail. That's so, on me. You know, see, you should have read the thirty. When you, pages. when you have thirty-eight pages, Greg, it's tough to you. You miss some things. You know, yes. no, no form, no formal competition is allowed, with the exception of girls' golf. So, I would. I'm. I'm wondering. What happens if, like, let's say we get to August 5th and we start girls' golf competitions, and then, you know, heaven forbid, like, something happens where, like, COVID numbers spike or something, and they're midway through their season. They're going to have to are they gonna have to cancel their season? Or, like, what if they say you can't play football, but you can play soccer and, like, every other sport but football? Like, is there going to be some rules with that? I, I think it's got to be all or nothing, right? Like... Who knows? I, I don't know. Like there's, like, there's so many layers to it. There's so many different things that could happen where it's like... I mean, winter sports, they completed all of those seasons except for boys basketball. Right. So, I mean, I'm just in, I'm just intrigued, like, what will ultimately, like, 
if something goes awry and we're already in the middle of girls golf season, like can we can certain sports basically be canceled or postponed, but others can still be played? Like that's going to be, I think, the interesting thing yeah. to me because really, you know, golf and cross country. Right, those are, are basically ones. the only two sports that would be non-contact. They are supposed right. to be non-contact. Right, soccer you can. I mean, there's contact, but it's mostly with it. the feet. So, like in theory, yeah, not all of it. Not all of it, but in theory, you could work around it a little bit. Volleyball would be kind of interesting because you're hitting the ball with your hands and it's rolling around, and you know, uh, that could be an interesting one to maybe you know. New volleyball for every point. Maybe clean off the volleyball after every point. That'd be that'd be a sight. Uh, <laughs> it'd be like when I went to the grocery store the other day. When I went to return my cart, she said, "Yeah, just line it up here for the car wash." Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, you know, and obviously, like all of it, I think is really contingent on if football can be played because that's the money maker for every school, every school department, you know, athletic department, every you know, college football, NFL. Like that's the that's the bread and butter. That's the you know that's going to be the one that's where we're all looking at. It's like, can we play this? And something kind of going back to what Brian Kelly said Monday night. He talked on Sports Center. He said, you know, we're going to test players throughout the season, and they will be healthy when they're playing games. Like we will we will not send a sick person out there, obviously. Right. So, uh, you know that that's just going to be like part of it too. It's like. Okay, so can we can we still field enough players? Like, what if an outbreak hits a team? Like, will they have to forfeit a game? You know, what you know, heaven forbid if a, if like five six players get COVID on you know Wallace or something, like, do they have to forfeit a game against Goshen? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, you know, it's going to be just really interesting interesting to navigate and just you know, it's there's too many layers to it. There's well, so you know, much to it. It's just really tough. Like. You, you know, we had that situation, was it last year or the year before, where Fairfield couldn't field right. enough players two to seasons, play yeah. a game Two seasons ago, they had, they had those injuries. So, they had a lot of injuries pile up and yeah. low numbers, and they can't play. So, it's going to be, like I said, I know it sounds like a beaten, like a broken record over here, but it's just going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. And we're, we're in just contingency mode right now. We're like, this is what we want to do. Will we do it? Yeah. Will Will we be able to do it? That's kind of where the whole sports world and world in general is at right now. What What we want to do and what we can do are two different things right now. Yes, that's and that is true. One day they could be inches apart, and the next day they can be miles apart. Right. So we'll see. <laughs> so let's hope. Let's hope we get football, man. If we lose football, I think the country just might quit. We should be done. <laughs> No more. We, we're I, out. <laughs> I know Sheila would be brokenhearted if we didn't have a football season. Yeah, I mean, I I get that vibe, hundred percent. So, name three Chicago Bears players, Sheila. <laughs> she got got one. Okay, that's fine. Uh, any uh, parting words of wisdom or? Uh, I don't think so. For no trivia week. today. I I did not. I oh. forgot to look up oh, any. Before we forget, because I know our night. Editor, is that her official title? I'm not even sure. Yes. Kim King, uh, we have to get this in for her. Today is the 10 year anniversary of the Chicago Blackhawks defeating the Philadelphia Flyers in game six of the Stanley Cup Finals to win the Stanley Cup for the first time in 49 years. Patrick Kane, overtime goal from an angle that no one saw it go in except Patrick Kane. Um, 
I was 15 years old, obviously, when they won, and I uh, remember watching the game, and I don't remember the, seeing the puck go in, and all of a sudden, Patrick Kane is flailing his arms everywhere, and it's like, did, what, what's going on? Did we win? And you see the replay, and you see the puck slide just under and into the corner of the net, and they win, and it's it was the most delayed, it was the most anticlimactic, climactic moment of my sports viewing yeah, life. Because like, it took a long time for the <laughs> officials to determine whether that goal whether nothing, the puck actually cost the goal line and or not. It was and like it wasn't even like the announcers saw it go in either. The T V announcers were like, uh, um, well, uh, we don't know and, and score <laughs> You know, it was crazy. So uh yeah, ten years ago today. So shout out Kim King, diehard Flyers fan. Yes. Um and uh you know the Blackhawks Ruined her uh, sports life that night. So. She did. She did tell me Sunday when we were in here working that I said we should have had a TV here today because they were replaying on Fox, local Fox station Sunday, Super Bowl twenty between the Bears and the Patriots. Yeah. Well, she, she did say she would have watched that one with me. She would have watched. She would have. Yeah. The Bears destroy the Patriots that year. But we just got. We just got an out reminder of the Eagles Bears uh, wild card game from a couple years ago. Right. We'll just keep on talking about Blackhawks Flyers. There you go. So I should have worn my Patrick Kane jersey today. That's, you know, I don't know if that's against company policy or not, but uh, I think it probably would have been. So I don't know. It's also 95 degrees, so wearing a sweater right now doesn't sound it wouldn't ideal. Be the best. <laughs> it would not be great. No. So anyway, go Hawks. That was fun. It was a fun night. 15 year old Austin loved that. So. Okay, folks, that will wrap up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, and tune in next week for another episode.